In the days of Noah and his family, God placed a rainbow in the sky, sign of a covenant of God's love for all the earth. In the days of Miriam and Moses, the words of God were written on tablets of stone, sign of a covenant between God and all God's people. In these days, God's promise is a new covenant in our hearts a sign of hope to comfort us in darkness. O Holy One, we come today claimed by our relationship to you. May we continue to grow in this commitment you have made with us. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, not knowing what they were saying. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. And then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent in those days and told no one of any of the things that they had seen. Now, on the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met them. Just then a man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you, look at my son. He is my only child. Suddenly a spirit seized him, and all at once he shrieked. It convulsed in him until he foamed at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely lead him. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, You faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. And while he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground in convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave the boy back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God. 
Here ends the reading of our gospel. Let's pray together. Come, Holy Spirit, into this place right here and astound us again. Make us open to the way in which we might have a mountaintop experience and have faith inspired and then activate us to go and share it with others. In Christ's name, amen. Well, first, a point of personal privilege. I want to wish you a happy Valentine's Day. It's not one of the more theological days of the year, but uh, it is a day when we at least are moved out uh, to uh, have special gestures of affection for uh, people who are really special to us. So, and for Mary and me, this is a special kind of anniversary day. Um, so uh, I have a little gift for Mary there. Um, this was, uh, it was 51 years ago on, a- on Valentine's Day that Mary asked me to marry her. <laughs> Go ahead and get it <clears throat> Now, she might, she might ask the pastors for some equal time to give the other half of the story, but let me just say I was on my way to Japan for a year. We wanted to go together, and she, well, she's paid a high price for that, uh, for that trip, I'll tell you that. Anyway, happy Valentine's, honey. Well, I'm grateful for the theme that the pastors have set up for us under the thing of hear and sent. And we've been seeing that, and I'm, I'm going to have a two-point piece today on the way in which the Holy Spirit comes into our midst here in this place and, and inspires faith and then activates us to go out and share it in the many different networks where we're living. The word here um, says something about what we are drawn to. And many of us come to this place because, well, frankly, we need a midweek trip to the well where faith can get empowered and encouraged. So here is that word conjures up for me sources and places that connect us up to God's spirit and inspires our faith and our praise of God. Sent, on the other hand, which we'll look at briefly, shortly, is a, is a reality test of what then faith generates and compels us to get out and do about it. And of course, Jesus models and mentors these two pivotal parts of our religious life, We see part of it today in that great story about the transfiguration and the way that might have impacted Peter, James, and John with no less than Moses and Elijah in the company of that mystical, amazing event. Now, we may not have that quite uh, an astounding experience or mountaintop, but hopefully we can at least hit a little hill in our worship and our time together today. Here. Let's focus on the places where we go and the experiences that bring us close to the Spirit of God. Where do you find rendezvous time with the Holy Spirit? What moves you to prayer and praise? What inspires your faith and ignites hope? What empowers your witness? Well, we talk about here, there are all sorts of uh, ways by which, uh, I hope you can read some of those up there in the black are the various ways by which, in worship, we are, find ourselves moved. Now, of the number of things that I've mentioned up here, and perhaps you can make note of those, and you could even go back uh, when you've got some time now during our uh, Lenten reflection time and fill in. Where are places and people and events that you feel that you've been touched? Of the ones on the list, I guess the two that would stand out for me, I have to say that uh, 
Perhaps the greatest source of inspiration of faith for me over the years has been music. Um, maybe quite to my surprise, uh, music has a way of cutting through the filters and the barriers and all the defenses that we set up and somehow touching us in amazing ways. I'm so grateful for the ministry of, uh, of, of Kyle and, and of our musicians who uh, from the very start of the preludes to the end of the postludes have a way of drawing us together if we're willing to be quiet and have our spirits lifted. I had the privilege of singing for two years under the genius of Olaf Christensen at the St. Olaf Choir. And I said, I think I probably learned more theology by singing in that than from maybe all the courses I've ever taken. M music. Someone has said, I think it was Luther, I'll have to check with our expert, that uh, music is like therapy for the soul. It transcends all culture. It brings healing to the heart, inspiration to faith, and joy to the soul. Well, I'm sure you've got your own kind of musical highlights or other kind of places where you also have been touched and faith has been inspired. Looking to Jesus who models for us and, and, and where we saw today elevated to such a high place under, under the heavens, where I, I like to look at the ways in which he also was inspired and encouraged to stay on in his faith journey. So the second major portion of inspiration for me is simply the Holy Scriptures. The places where we are able to have the Holy Spirit touch us with the teachings of Christ, with the traditions of both the Hebrew Scriptures and the New Testament, and find inspiration there. Uh, recently, I'm, uh, I'm now working on Luke Acts as kind of my morning devotions, and I thought it was interesting that uh, I think I found nine times there in the book of Acts where Jesus said he went off by himself to a quiet place to, to pray and to uh, meditate. That was the place in which the Holy Spirit could come into him. Mark said it this way, in the morning... While it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed by himself. We need those kinds of experiences, don't we? Times when we can be set aside, all of the other things that preoccupy us and get in our way, and see if this Holy Spirit might be able to touch us. Well, we share the hearer dynamic by coming together. I'm inspired by coming here and just seeing you, that you show up. Obviously, things have been going on in your life over the years by which faith has touched you and encouraged you and strengthened you and guided you. And so we come back here to what I call the midweek trip to the well in order to kind of, again, have the Spirit touch us. So worship with others, time for praising and thanking God. It's great to hear other voices singing and praying. Sometimes they carry us when we are overcome with burdens or heartaches. We come here. And we go to churches on Sundays and Lent on Ash Wednesday. We take time to invite and experience the renewing experience with the Spirit of God, waiting to meet us and to bless us. Maybe Luther, in his explanation, says it clearly in the third article about how that thing comes together and how the Spirit works in our midst, where he says, I believe I cannot by my own understanding or my... Uh, or my reason or effort believe in Jesus or come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called us through the gospel, enlightened us with gifts, sanctified us, that has brought us close to God's heart and God's priorities, and kept us in the true faith. In the same way, he calls and gathers, enlightens and inspires faith and action in the whole church on earth and keeps us united in faith. I thank God for here. 
for this place and for the prayers and the work and the worship and everything that goes in it for our midweek trip to the well. Well, if uh, faith gets inspired, it's interesting that Jesus did not stay on the mountaintop all that long, did he? (laughs) Even though Peter, James, and John wanted to build a monument and just kind of stay right there and bask in it, it it was back down the mountain, back on the road again, Uh, If it was a place where they took off shoes, they had to put them back on and get back to work. That whole business of being sent is the second and critical part about faith isn't just for us to hibernate in, but it somehow generates us to get out and be about God's priorities in the world. We wish we could stay on the mountaintop, but that's not the plan. My favorite verse that has to do with the sent, of course, is is from, again, the teachings of Jesus in the 20th chapter of St. John, where he meets with the disciples after the resurrection event, and he says, Now as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Jesus passes on the calling, the vocation, the mission, the ministry, of being out there and touching those with great need. Notice he came down from the mountain and immediately did a healing on somebody who desperately needed to be touched. What a set of bookends. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. He was about his Father's business, and so are we to be. He traveled the four corners of his little world. He uh, did advocacy with political leaders and religious authorities. They didn't like it. He whined with the harlots. He dined with the, with the respectable. He spoke to great crowds. He took time for the one out of a hundred. He visited palaces, and he slept in prison. He taught in the temple. He preached in the streets. He healed the lame, the blind, the main. He fed the hungry, gave hope to the poor. He lifted burdens, challenged the indifferent. He noticed those who were spilled on, stepped on, and he stopped for them. And he took time for the lonely and the broken and spoke a word of hope. Jesus was sent for all those things, and so are we. He has passed it on to us. So where do you see yourself on the scent meter up there? There are such a wide variety of places where we are also needed, both globally and locally. When it came to the scent piece, I have to say, uh, maybe to help identify with a few of the students, even though it was 50 years ago, I think I remember making a deal as a freshman with God. My favorite hymn was, Take My Life and Leave It Be. I had sort of an arrangement, if you uh, don't try and get me into the ministry stuff, okay? I said, brother, I'll go out and make millions of dollars and I'll send three missionaries to Africa, but I don't really care to go. (laughs) Well, you've heard that line, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans for the future, right? Well, I have to say that over the years, the Spirit through the church has taken me places, and take Mary and I places that I never wanted to go, and I have loved every moment of it. There have been places where uh, I suppose the two major ones, one would be the way that we have been attracted to Africa. We taught there on a, in South Africa, outside of Durban, at the Lutheran Seminary in Umfamulo. And uh, what, a, what an inspiring experience. We, of course, went over there to kind of try to add something, and we, we found ourselves just inspired by the strong faith and the vitality of the faithful people there. Their worship is vibrant, and yet materially they had almost nothing. At a Bible study one night with some of the students at the seminary, uh, one of the students was bold enough to say, uh, he says, aren't you afraid to live in America uh, as a person of faith? 
And I was a little bit surprised. He said, it must be very dangerous to your faith to live around so much affluence. I didn't dare say, oh, no, we pray for more all the time. (laughs) But whenever we come back from one of our faith adventures over there, I find myself humbled, inspired, encouraged, and it cuts out my whining for almost six months about what we think we've got that's so tough. So there's the global side of it, where the Spirit takes us to places maybe we hadn't planned on going. I'll give you another illustration in a minute, but, but let me talk about some ways by which I see you doing this always, also. I have, of course, uh, Mary is one of my heroes, and I'm so grateful for the leadership she's given to the malaria and hunger campaign. She's worked, of course, with Ascension and with Holy Trinity and with Mount Cross and with some churches in, in Arizona. And over the last years, eight years, I think, through the alternate gift-giving program at Christmas, they've raised almost a million dollars for about a half a dozen different projects in Africa, from bringing wells and water into villages to rebuilding schools to bringing electricity to health places. Uh, you can talk to her about that. But Those are the kind of things where faith gets active in love and what was inspired now gets activated. It doesn't just leave us there. Pastor Melissa and her students and staff have traveled to Biloxi for how many years? Eight years, and they're on their way uh, this month, I think, down to Central America to, uh, to, uh, to again, to uh, do some work down there and to bring some things. And what that does for the students who go there is just amazing how we are drawn. And I guess I would encourage you to be open to some risk-taking in kind of reaching out. But most of us may not do it on the global scene. We don't have to go any farther than our own family, friends, or roommates, or around the corner, do we? Listening to a roommate or speaking a word of encouragement to a discouraged friend. Searching with professors to find your passion and to build your skills and matching it up with a vocation that serves God and the world's needs. Be it teaching or healthcare or counseling or business with ethics. Basically living life on purpose. For all of these kinds of things we are sent. Because Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. Now, one other maybe personal example besides kind of the global scene is that uh, Victor and I, on uh, maybe once every six weeks, go up to the, to the uh, Ventura County Jail. And we lead worship and Bible study for an hour with, uh, with an amazing group of uh, people whose lives have been uh, uh, hit a dead end for now. But it's a time of reflection for them. Sometimes I meet with just one because the people can't meet, can't be around other people. Last time I was there, I think I had nine. Many of them are are quite young. Many of them are Hispanic. Many of them there are because of drugs and different things that have led them astray. I usually lead them in prayer, find out what kind of things they're wrestling with. We do a Bible study on something. And then I asked one of them, I said, well, are there any Bible passages that are bothering any of you or that you want to talk about you really like? And one guy says, yeah, I said, I'm, I'm, I said, I'm not sure about Romans 7.7. 7. I said, well, I was impressed. I said, well, I don't have the whole Bible memorized. What's Romans 7.7, 7, you know? He said, well, you know, that's that part where it says, the good things I should do, I don't do, and the bad things I shouldn't do, that's what I do. And he says, boy, he says, that sure describes me. I said, well, you're in good company. It describes St. Paul also. <laughs> but notice what it said after the dilemma. Thanks be to God who in Christ leads us out of that dilemma into something else. We're not stuck there. And I remind them they're not stuck in jail. Maybe they'll be there for a while, 
but it is time for them that we're both to have faith inspired and hope ignited. Well, there are many other kind of examples. I know the work that you, that you as a congregation are doing with malaria, and there are so many other ways by which you are individually involved just by leaving this place, having faith again inspired and strengthened, knowing that you have been called and sent. So we stand at the end of a long line of folks who are on the way, called to faith, sent to serve. And if we believe God is in the calling, well, we must follow and obey. If God is in the word, we must hear it. If God is in the bread and wine, we must share it. If God is in this place of worship, we must enter in with praise and thanksgiving. If God is in this community, in us, we must treat one another as gifts from God. And if God is in the calling, we must say yes. If he's in the sending, we must go. If he's in the search for the lost, we join in. If he's in the healing process, we too must touch those in pain. In God's spirit at work here in the sending and the coming, and through all those various dynamics, we do stand indeed on holy ground. Amen. Called by the Holy Spirit into relationship with a loving God, we pray for the church, all in need, and the whole creation. God of glory and grace, you answer those who call on your name. Continue the transformation of your church so that we may share your love with the world. Lord, in your mercy. Let the mountains and valleys you created be places of worship. Help us to treat your good creation with the respect it deserves. Lord, in your mercy. Let the rulers of the earth honor your decrees and uphold your statutes so that your peace would reign throughout the earth. Give mercy to the poor and justice to the weak. Healer of our every ill, we pray for everyone within this community and beyond who, like us, stands in need of your healing. But today, we especially ask that you would surround Jarvis Streeter and Barbara Collins with your love and care. Lord, in your mercy. You spoke to Israel in a pillar of cloud. Speak to this community of faith so that we might be a place of refuge and help for our neighbors. Lord, in your mercy. Into your loving hands, gracious God, we place ourselves and all our prayers, spoken and unspoken, into your hands, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Remember us in your kingdom, Lord, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In the darkness of Lent, we stand in the need of God's presence. We receive the garment of life. We claim the gift of adoption. We are a people of the covenant. Let us go offering ourselves to a hungry and broken world. Amen.